being an entrepreneur is so challenging. Like we said earlier, it's literally 80% mindset and 20% action. So I realized that in order for me to continue and not have my identity so wrapped up in outcomes, I have to coach myself. Like I have to be super intentional about getting my mind in the right place in order for this business to thrive. Welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast, a show about creative female entrepreneurs and the businesses they've built. I'm your host, Naomi Mdudu, the Lifestyle Edit founder, business strategist, and coach to creative female founders ready to scale their businesses with intention. Each week, I sit down with a guest to pull back the curtain on the strategy successful entrepreneurs are implementing to both scale their income and increase their impact. We are cutting out the fluff to give you weekly insights to up-level your mindset and tap into your infinite potential to create a life and business you love on your own terms. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's begin. Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. As we promised, we are back for part two of my conversation or Susan's conversation with me. Um, So yes, as promised in this episode, we are going to talk about all things mindset. Susan and I have so, we've had so many conversations about this. Um, So again, I just really wanted to have, take this opportunity to bring you all in on some of the conversations that we have. Um, yeah, Susan, why did you want to talk about mindset on the show? Um, personally, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and, and just a solo kind of creative for a long time. And um, when I met you, I, I was just amazed at, I would say, the way that you dovetail you know, an incredible understanding of business and what it is to be a solo entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in, in general um, in, in this current environment, you dovetail that with what the emotional um, sort of, what the emotional regimen and what the emotional, what emotional depth is required to really, to frankly, put yourself through that. I mean, entrepreneurialism is really, really hard, um, but it's also incredibly rewarding. And so when I met you, I, I really felt like, wow, this woman totally understands this. And she doesn't understand it like as one thing and another. She understands it as, this is it. This is why we do this. We do this for this specific com- for combination that you just can't get and by doing anything else. You get both you know, the systems and the success and all of that, you're after that. But there's this other side where you're just challenging yourself to a degree that's completely internal. And so I really, that was something I found to be very unique about, about you. Um, so I'm going to let you get started off because when Naomi gets all woo-woo, it is, <laughs> it is like a thing to behold. I am so. like, so, it's so funny. My, my family like, oh my God. Bring she, the woo. She, she goes to America for five minutes. She comes back like, oh my God. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting journey with all of the kind of 
spiritual um, intention, intuition side of my work. And it's so funny because Michael and I were having this conversation the other day because he is so intuitive and leads in that kind of way. Mm. And he sees me as a very kind of literal thinker, um, which is funny. But that's now changed. And I think it's because I come from a background where we really took pride, my family takes pride in taking massive action. Oh. Yeah, that's always been the thing. It's like wow. taking massive action. Wow. Um, you know, I'm South African. My my grandfather left South Africa during everything that was going on in apartheid. My family then moved to Ghana because Ghana was one of the places that was taking lots of people who were exiting South Africa at the time. Then they moved to Nigeria, you know, where they were in the north. It was very hard for girls to be educated in the same way as boys. So my grandfather sent my mother to the UK to, for boarding school in order for his daughter to get the best education he could. And then my family wow. all then relocated to the UK. So we come from that kind of like immigrant story. Yeah. So like education, massive action, you know, take advantage of opportunities. It's very like literal. Like you do yeah. this, you do that. Like there's a right way of doing things. Yeah. So I never was really taught that you can make a decision just based on intuition. Mm, it right. has to be this very kind of, is it the right brain? Oh, who, who, the who, part of yeah, you. Yeah, that, that, that part, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, yeah, where it's very kind of like results driven. Mm. Um, so it's, may, I don't know, maybe, God, we're going deep here. Maybe it's because of that, that I've kind of gone the other way now. And it's, it's funny because my business is run completely based on intuition and like delving deeper into all of that kind of work. But in some ways, I mean, the word intuition is so big and, you know, people are always saying, well, use your intuition, blah, blah, blah. And it, and it always feels like it's a very um, singular internal thing. But at the same time, it, intuition is taking action. Like you think it, you believe it, you do it. It's, there's no, there's no um, moment where you, the whole point with intuition is that you don't doubt it. You hear your voice and you respond. But I think in entrepreneurship, those more softer, more feminine qualities, mm. and we all have both, it's just in varying degrees, has been so, um, hasn't been respected. So it's almost yeah. like to survive as an entrepreneur, it has to be massive action, hustle, hustle, hustle. It has and just, just saying that, you know, mm -hmm. to someone, actually, I made this decision because it didn't feel right. When I moved away from the consulting business and I was like, it just no longer felt right. It was like, what? That's yeah. like, like, boy, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you'll regret that. <laughs> yeah. Like what kind of business? Meanwhile, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of business person are you? Oh, you just, just didn't feel right anymore. So you just decided to do that. And, I loved what you said in our conversation on the show where you were like, this business needs to represent the life that I want to lead, you know? And we can be so afraid to pivot and do things like that. But yeah, my business needs to reflect where I am now and recognize that my definition of success isn't static. Um, what it is now, it may not be in a year's time. It may not be in five years' time. And that's the wonderful thing about being in a business is that you're able to pivot and 
um, make these kind of transitions. So it is in line with how you want to feel. I think one of the biggest things for me that really triggered it all was when I had my miscarriage last year. And I was, you know, getting prepared to think, you know, how, how would this business work for me to have a child? Like, mm -hmm, right. and I hadn't really thought about it. It wasn't really something that was particularly planned or it was just, okay, okay, this is now really exciting. How, how would it look like? And I realized that actually, yeah, I, I now need to, yeah, my business would look completely different. So how right. do I need to now... Um, work in my business and put, put systems into place that would make that transition make sense. Yeah, that serve those other goals in your life. I mean, and, and yeah, and those other priorities that will come up or, or that are there already and you know, like, okay, I couldn't live with myself if I didn't, you know, say, fulfill these other obligations that have nothing to do with business. They exactly. are completely separate. They're, they're actually the ones that you put up the boundaries to protect against your business and against that whole suction of that. You've got this other side of yourself that must be there to feed the business person or that there's no reason for any of completely. it. Completely. It literally took the concept of having something that was dependent on me to completely change the way I think. Because yeah. if you think, we often call our, our, our businesses our babies, you know? Yes, it's true. And so, and again, I think uh, it's amazing that we have this like community of fellow entrepreneurs, but I do think that we can indulge negative behaviors in each other. Yes. Um, so I have no children, I have no dependents. So there's this temptation where it's like, hustle hard now while you can. Like, hustle, 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 hustle. Mm -hmm. And when that didn't happen, it was like, no, actually, as traumatic as it was, in a sense, it was a blessing because it really made me have to, again, reevaluate what work means, what making space for other things. Even like... <laughs> I, I think I was telling you this. I was like, I don't even know what my hobbies are. Like, oh my gosh, what I do know. I like? What do I like when I'm not working? I know. I'm like, does reading count as a hobby? Because <laughs> I like to read. <laughs> yeah, like, what are I'm my like yeah? What what are my hobbies? Yeah. And it's so funny because I was talking to my mum about this actually this week that. I went the opposite way where it was like, actually, I need to have so many boundaries. I'm not working in the evenings. I'm not working on the weekends. But yeah. And then being afraid of, even though I was busy and there are times where I do need to work on evenings and weekends, being afraid that I would go back to where I was before, where my work was such a huge part of my identity. Yeah. So I'm still trying to figure out like a healthy in-between. I think that's an ongoing thing for entrepreneurs. Like it takes a specific type of person to do this. It's like a yeah. certain type of crazy. Yeah. So how do we balance our ambition with actually creating a rich, fulfilling life. Yeah, and I mean, it's such an, it's, it's true. I mean, for, I keep thinking like, it's such an exciting moment to be a woman entrepreneur right now. And just be, first of all, because women are finally being more publicly supportive of each other and more, they're cheerleading for each other more. That's so weird to use that word cheerleader and like, in this context, but it's, it's true. And then, you know, it's also really exciting because like, I'm going back to what you were talking about earlier, there are specific 
qualities, they're not specifically female, but they have been heretofore seen as specifically female, that are not celebrated. They are not seen as valuable in the business context. And it's, it's really amazing to see someone like you who knows so much about business, as well as other female entrepreneurs who are doing really well, begin to talk about some of these things that actually are huge assets when it comes to running a viable business, connecting with your tribe on real issues, being, I, I hate this word, but being vulnerable. I mean, to me, the word vulnerable has become this, this, this thing people throw around. Like, yeah. I was vulnerable. It's like, well, yeah. it's okay. almost like the new marketing. It is. Strategy. It's like the new gratitude, the new <laughs> vulnerability. It's, it's, we're, let's not turn that into like a brand. Let's just, let's just, let's just sometimes have days where we're just like, we need some help. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'm a big one for trying to flip language. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to ever attach too much to like one thing. But, you know, there, there are other aspects I think of of that are traditionally female they're not female i mean for any guys listening or anybody who's not you know a traditional you know in the traditional role but it's so interesting to now be able to take some of those things and say i'm going to use this in my business totally i read um dr wayne dyer's book You've got to believe it before you see it. Oh, I love that. I love that phrase. Oh, yeah. She, I'm such a big believer that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. I read that book and my mind was blown. Mm -hmm. And it was blown in the way where it's like, you're basically intellectualizing everything that I felt internally, but just mm -hmm. putting it in the right way. Um, being an entrepreneur is so challenging. Like we said earlier, it's literally 80% mindset yeah. and 20% action. So I realized that in order for me to continue and not have my identity so wrapped up in outcomes, I have to coach myself. Right. Like I have to be super intentional about getting my mind in the right place in order for this business to thrive. Yeah. And just having that, that just in that, in that title alone, you've got to believe it to see it, you know, flipping that whole at the, the usual adage of, you know, you'll see it when you, um, yeah, yeah. The, the other way around. Um, yeah, we, it, we create in yeah, our mind. Yeah. When I see it, I'll believe it. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is a very doubtful attitude. Exactly. Everything that is created started in someone's mind. Yeah. So that's, that's true innovators. They don't wait for something to be there. Think of something like the iPod. Think of, you know, I love the famous quote from Henry Ford. He's like, if I'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster, a faster horse. Um, horse. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I know. But he, you know, look at what he created, the iPod. Yeah. You don't, it's like huge seismic shifts. Yeah. Because people dared to believe in their minds. Everything that we have around started in someone's mind first. Yeah. Think of the airplane, like all of these things. Anything, really. Can you imagine, you know, even something like the airplane? Like, can you imagine at that time saying, I've got this idea of like. Or even on a smaller scale, you know, like for me, I've started painting again. All it took was this idea that I've had for, oh, I don't know, six, seven years. And one day I said, no, I'm really going to do this. And I went in and did it, but it was such an internal 
hurdle. It felt like I had just tried to create an airplane. I mean, to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but again, like inside of our minds, things can take on these proportions. Completely. And that's why with that, it's that in creating our businesses, whether you're entering a crowded marketplace or not, you are creating something. And I think we hold ourselves back in thinking, yeah, oh, but how do I know that it's going to be, it's going to work? How do I know that that? And it's about, yeah, getting into that mindset that, yeah, the best creators have always created something that didn't exist. We, we need to believe it first. Do you, do you feel like, I'm, I mean, for myself, I don't know if I've ever really thought about this, but um, how does one begin to, like, develop that confidence I mean do you some people say oh set small achievable goals and the more of those you do the more you know confidence you'll have and I do think that's a good idea but there are other ways that you can develop confidence too like believing people when they give you a compliment or things like that I mean there there are things you can train yourself to do in it's terms so funny of having more I, confidence I'm interested to hear how you think because I don't actually get it from external. I and I'm really, I'm really conscious of that because what about when people aren't praising me? Yeah. What about when people aren't liking my Instagram post? And or like commenting. We get so, I think that's the point. And there are probably days where tons of people love what you're doing. And then they may And not. you're not feeling it. Yeah. You're just like, oh, 10,000 people love what I had to say. But I'm just really not feeling that great today. You know, and a, another person looking in from outside would say, "What do you mean you're not feeling exactly. great? I would love to." But then have also, that. people can resonate with some of your work. You create something that you really love, and then they don't resonate with it. Mm -hmm. So I, oh my god, I love it so much, and I appreciate it when people appreciate the work that I do. Yes. But and I'm sure it's the same with you. But it's not sustainable. I can't. The same way the outcomes it's in my business coaster. and my balance sheet cannot dictate my happiness. Right. I can't let external um, confirmation be that either. My biggest thing is creating white space mm. to think. And I always laugh. I'm like, we're literally like the same person because I know that you spoke about that <laughs> so much. In yeah. our episode. Oh. But you create so much time to think. Mm. Um, and, and again, going back to what we were saying about making time for things outside of my work. So I get confidence by all of those other things that um, investing in friends, investing in other things. So mm -hmm. I get my value from that and I'm like, I'm a good person. So, you know, whether my business is where I want it to be or not, fundamentally I know who I am. Right. So, so the, the the success or failure of my business does not dictate who I am. So that gives me a sort of certain confidence because it no longer becomes the be all and end all. Right. The business it's, is kind of something you're doing with your skills. It's one part of my life. A way that you're giving to the world. And then there's, it's a way you, get, you give to the world and that's kind of the beginning and end of what a business really is. And then there's the other side, which is being a success, which is not really associated with the finance it's associated with are you being of use to the world to your friends to creating the type of environment that you want to see so I mean it's very easy to say and I'm sure I mean for me I know when I listen to a podcast or something and I hear another person specifically a woman say things like this it's very soothing to me because I think oh there's someone else who isn't, you know, thank you for the reminder that life is about a little bit more 
Like, but then it's really hard to put that into practice because every day feels sometimes like you're just, you're in a, in a road race with a thousand other runners and you're all just running for this thing called success that you can trot out at a dinner party to make it easier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, and it's really hard having this conversation because everything, like different things work for different people. Mm. It's about testing what works for you and it's been a process for me. One of the things I always do in the yes, morning so true. is I, you know, I'll take that moment, I'll make myself a cup of tea or a coffee or whatever, and I'll just journal. I'll just journal for a while yes, and, and kind of get it down. And, and that's just like whatever is kind of in my mind. And then even before I start my day, I'll say, okay, I'll, you know, I'm always talking about Trello, but I have my Trello board of like, what are the key things that move the needle in my business for this quarter? So I'll always be like, okay, I'll look at my to-do list. How much of those things do that? What can I delegate? Okay, so I've taken that off. So these are the few things. So I feel more in control. And, I'm, mm, and then I'd be honest with yeah. myself. How much time have I got today? Am I really going to do that? Again, is there anything I can delegate? Is it really moving the needle? No. Okay, I'll then, you know, if I have time, depending on my schedule, I'll have just time to visual. It could be 10 minutes, 5 minutes to sit and visualize you know, how do I want to feel today? Mm. How do I want to, if I've got a client session, how do I want to show up with that person? Um, I think you call it, is this what you call getting into alignment? Yeah. This is your process. Yeah, this is that. like all my yeah. alignment work. Like I'll literally imagine that session with my client and how they feel by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And almost like you're channeling that. So it's yeah. the thoughts, but also fe- feeling that emotion. Our brains yeah. don't have can't distinguish between what has actually been done and what's in our mind. That's why visualization is so powerful. Oh, it's so important. Um, so all of that kind of stuff gives me the arsenal to be like, now I can face my day. Yes. And it's, and it's, I'm not being dragged along, but for the ride for anything that's demanding of my time or whatever, because I've had that breathing space to be really intentional about it. And before, I used to be like, oh, all of that, you know, mumbo jumbo in the beginning, journaling, meditating, like, crack the whip, girl. Yeah, yeah, get yourself, <laughs> get going. Get going. I know. Exactly. They used to feel like so self-indulgent. But yeah. then, yeah. I'd start my day, first thing, jump on email, and it would feel so out of a, it's like, you know, being kind of this, like, waking up and being, like, hit by a truck, it's like, this yeah. impact, and then again, it's like, oh, this firefighting, so you go into that kind of mode, um, and people will always be demanding of your time, it's about you creating those boundaries, um, but by, by flipping it, it, it just sets my day up in a different way, so instead of now doing all of that, going straight into it, checking emails, and then trying to start my day, with lots of distractions coming up, um, I'm more in control and I'm in a state of flow. So where normally, because of all of those distractions, I'm now kind of wound up, I'm like in fight, fight or flight mode. Right. Um, and it's a real slog and I'm pushing through. And even though I know, do you know, get out, go for a walk or meditate or just switch to something else right. would be so good. I, you push through. Whereas I think we went out the other day and I was telling you like, oh my God, Susan, I had the most amazing day where I was like creating all this content and it was literally like flowing out of me. Yeah, yeah. And it's because giving myself permission to just have that tiny little, like, can we not give ourselves like an hour to just like... Yeah. And when I do that, 
then the next six hours is like the most productive six hours. Right. Because I held that space for myself. What if I told you that I have a group of like-minded women to connect you with who are at a similar stage of business, but with different strengths and challenges. Women who are ambitious and ready to do the hard work like you, who you could crowdsource your ideas with and get constructive feedback in a safe, confidential space. What if I told you that you could tap into this group, not only for support and accountability, but for insights into the strategies that are working and in real time? That's what the TLE Accountability Circle is all about. It's a monthly membership community for entrepreneurs who want to learn from like-minded founders and be held accountable for taking steps to realize their goals. Take your business and impact to the next level and transform your mindset in this amazing group. Apply today via the link in our show notes. So true. I mean, taking a minute to stop and just aim before you do something, you know, just, just to, or even to remember to sometimes to read over the things that you wrote in the past. You know, some people will say, oh, don't do that. Don't, you know, just... Just write it and then don't ever reread it, you know? For me, like, I'll write it and then I go back and I, you know, a couple weeks later when I'm feeling particularly lost or whatever, I go back and I reread it. And that, it allows me to say, yeah, this fits. I feel this way. I've, I've maintained this. Or I could say, well, this is what I thought two weeks ago. This part's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to keep this other part, though. And then I'm going to write some more today based on this thing that I know I'm yeah. still feeling this exactly because I feel some there's so much to be said for writing things down because I think it's a muscle knowing what alignment feels like sometimes we've been yes. out of alignment for so long yes. that we don't know what alignment feels like so what I do at the start of every month is I'll create a new Trello board can you see my Taipei coming in like organize everything <laughs> and hey, you have to have some method <laughs> you can keep it all so I start a Trello board and I'll say like what are my personal goals for this month and what are my um, professional goals? And that's not just like nuts and bolts stuff, but also how I want to feel. So it could be I want to um, feel energized, mm-hmm. you know? So that may be actually I feel really energized when I do my favorite class. Mm-hmm. So while I'm here now, can I schedule those into my calendar? You know, yeah. just things like that. Like how do I want to feel? feel personally and in my business and then intentionally scheduling that in yeah and and also like you know I think people often feel who who end up sort of out of that loop and they're not able to sort of easily integrate that back in of maybe taking time for themselves or or it feels so liberal to take that much time just for your own thoughts it can feel so selfish um but, you know, one thing about it is that it is like a feedback loop. Like, let's say that you do that. You know, you write down, hey, how do I want to feel? I want to feel, you know, I want to feel at the end of my day like, like I took care of my body. Okay, what can I do right now? I can schedule some classes. So you do that. Ultimately, if you keep going with that, it's not selfish. It just becomes part of your routine. But you have to take the selfish part first. I don't care what else is in your life. I don't care if you have a thousand other things. 
I know a 90 year old lady at the gym. I go to the gym like every day and I have all these like non-engineerian and octogenarian friends. They're really good friends. They're not cute little old ladies. <laughs> these are amazing women who have like lived a really long time and have much wealth to give to me in terms of their knowledge. One of them, I was like asking her about herself and she said, yeah, it's just like on the airplane, you know, put your vest on before you help anybody else. She is over 90. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, she's right. Take that selfish time. Because if you don't, you know, you're not like feeding yourself and then you'll have nothing left to give to the world, you know? But um, like with you sitting and writing, I do the same thing. It doesn't feel selfish anymore. It actually feels like drinking water. If drinking water is selfish, yeah. like then that's yeah. like I yeah. must do it. Yeah, and look at the example I gave about feeling energized. Just say having setting an intention like that for the month, there'll be opportunities that come up. Yeah. And I'll ask myself, does this make me feel energized? It also helps you set boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Or does this is this gonna deplete me? Yeah, because you've already decided. You've taken that, I'm just going to call it selfish time. <laughs> Let's just say it. And then you've decided really what you want. And then anything that doesn't fit in that, you know, you're going to have to make a decision. Definitely. And also, <laughs> you know, working one-on-one as a, as a client, I think it's different when you're internally facing, but mm-hmm. my job is about being on. I need to show up in the best version of myself for my clients. Right. They deserve that. Right. So every time I do something that depletes me, every time I don't take care of myself, every time I don't prioritize sleep, I'm not showing up for them right. in the best way. Right. And that's why sometimes even having boundaries with clients and saying, ah, oh, it's six o'clock. I don't answer emails. Right. It's the weekend. Like, I'm not answering. And being very clear, this is what I am defining as an emergency. Anything that's not that is not urgent. I will deal with that on Monday. Again, allows me to replenish so I can show up in the right. best way. Right, and it's you're not so just constantly chasing your tail. Completely, completely. It's funny, I, um, even with like working out and being healthy, I always used to see it more as a kind of body image, weight thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I work out in the evenings and because my brain is at its best in the mornings, everybody knows I'm like freak, I wake up freakishly early. I'm like 4 a.m., like my brain's like wired. Wow. Um, so I now work out in the evenings. Yeah. So I'll go at like 5.30 and that is my transition from like work into life. So by mm. the time I get home, Michael would have come home and I am like a normal human being. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He also deserves me to be able to show up in the best way. Yeah. And before, especially when I'm working from home and I'm going from like crazy busy, you know, work mode yeah and then like he comes it's just not we have very little time with our loved ones in the evening are we showing up for them in the best way it's true so i've realized that me doing that little exercise sweating it out getting yeah. from my head into my body enables me to transition into home mode and really give the people that i love you know the time yeah and also to get to make sure that it's off your plate so that when you wake up tomorrow morning, your first thought isn't like, oh God, you know, I'm not going to make it to the gym. I, <laughs> I don't feel good. It, your first thought is, okay, like I'm going to sit down and do all this because I took care of that last night. Yeah. It's, and, and, and that's what works for me. Like 
it may not work for the next person. It's about exploring it enough that it, it makes sense for you. And it's also about having boundaries with friends. Like I'm a business owner and sometimes like this long weekend, we were together like just before the long weekend. You were like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to like, I'm going to read. Like there's so many books. Right. <laughs> there's so many books I want to read. I'm probably going to have like a really nice glass of wine and I'm going to read. Sit there and read. I'm going to work yeah. out. I'm going to go for a long walk. I'm going to, and you know, just being fine with like not having plans and like, you know, people be like, oh, but you know, do you want to do this? And I'm just like, no, I don't yeah, actually. Can't. And Sorry. just, just even that like, freedom <laughs> of saying like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Thank you. Love you. And we'll yeah. definitely catch up. But no, I don't. Like giving ourselves the permission yes. to just to have that white space and not constantly feel like, oh, because it's a long weekend, we've got to fill it up. Like, how do you fill your glass up? You yeah. know, and really tapping into those elements. For me, relaxing with a really good book is like, oh, it's like the holy grail. Like, me too. When Michael's like, oh, I'm going out tonight. Like, oh, I'm going to be home late. I'm like, go, enjoy, don't yeah. rush home. I mean, honestly. It's amazing. It really is like every, so many women, like the minute that you say like, oh, you know, oh, I was supposed to go out with so-and-so, it got canceled. Every woman knows what that feels like because they're like, oh, that, that's awesome. You know, but nobody ever says, oh, that's great, your plans got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, we're all so busy all the time that sometimes, and that's, it's just a, it's just a great example of how badly most of us need alone time and we don't give it to ourselves. And also, I think a lot of people believe that being alone means being a sad, lonely person. <laughs> it doesn't. Sometimes when you need alone time, like, that's your, it's your, it's your inner being saying, like, I, 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 I am important, and I, you need me, and I need this. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's boundaries. It's like, yeah, complete boundaries. Um, and it's funny, I can't remember who said it, but they were like, boundaries are not about what other people do. We have no control of other people, but we, we are only in control of ourselves. Mm. So number one, we need to communi communicate what our boundaries are, and then we need to act accordingly when they've been violated. Yeah. We can't manipulate other people's things. So oftentimes, you know, I'll have a client who is um, a service-based professional, and I'll be like, oh, but they're, you know, they're taking advantage of me, they're doing all of this, and I'm saying, but did you set, when you were onboarding them, Oh, did you create yeah. boundaries? Did you say that this is the way that you work? Did you say how many times you're going to have in-person meetings? Did you say that? And very often it's not. People can't violate a boundary that wasn't created. It's so funny. My boyfriend often says things like that to me. He'll say, oh, this thing happened. And well, I got to do, oh, yeah. You know, and he'll say, well, did you tell them that that's not, you know, the way you do things? Well, I didn't. I didn't want to <laughs> rock the boat. I didn't want to be that person. Like, Difficult, you know, nickel and diming, or I didn't want to. <laughs> and he said, "But this is the way you work. You, this is how much you charge. You do this." Yeah. And I'm like, right. Yeah. So but no boundary has been violated on this. Yeah. Said it. And a lot of it is that I don't want to seem. I don't want to seem uncooperative. And a lot of the time, this is again, it's a woman. Thing. It's a female, a lot of the time you'll hear, hear men will say, um, well, that's not uncooperative, that's just the rate. 
But then can you What's see... What's the deal? It's all our stuff. It's... The, yeah. It's our stuff that starts to come up. Yeah. Why are you afraid of being seen They're as gonna difficult... They're going to think you're d- Difficult or mean mm-hmm. or whatever. The moment I said, yeah, like, I'm not responding to emails on the weekend or the evenings, my clients were, okay, great. I know. Sure. My, my, like, no one can. Yeah. No one... So my we, accounts are like that too. They're like, oh, that's really cool. You yeah. know, that's... You, I wish I... Yeah, I oh. should totally do that. They're like, oh, you charge for samples? Well, I'd like to get the full set. And I'm like, okay. Like, for a long time, I didn't even offer a full set because I was like, ooh, people are going to think I'm crazy charging for samples. But they cost a lot of money to make. But you and see, to it's, inventory. it's our mindset. Yeah. And, now, and my boyfriend's like, what do you mean you didn't? And I'm like, well, I didn't want to seem... He said, okay, if they don't want to pay for the samples, then, you know, that's not your customer. And that's it was very hard to swallow. Of course, but it still is sometimes. But that's the point: is that it's. I feel, especially as entrepreneurs, we have to. It's never. We never feel like we're there. There's always going to be moments as we're growing and up leveling that our stuff is going to come up. Yeah. You know, like you said, we don't want to be too difficult. We don't want to rock the boat. We are so grateful for the work. We're worried about people saying, oh no, sorry, and turning us down, rejecting us. Yeah. Yeah. And when we, every time we do that, we're violating ourselves. Yeah. But you think, but you can place your business into that and say, Oh, by being mean, I'm doing my business a disservice. No. Like, you're not, first of all, you're not being mean. And second of all, you're standing up for your business, which, frankly, no one else is going to do. That's your responsibility. <laughs> it's, it's our responsibility. Yeah. It's, no, it's nobody else's. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, um, it's almost like a challenge you want to give yourself, like, to say, okay, for a, for a week, business week, five days. Yeah. I am going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to say, I'm going to be harder, you know, because to me, that's how I see it. I'm like, okay, am I going to be really hard on this? I'm going to be soft on this. But But I would would even, I would even challenge you to not use those terms because I think then that becomes a bit loaded. It is loaded. I I, I always reframe it and say, okay, what do I need to do? How do, what? type of frequency do I need to be at to show up in the best way and this give the is, most value I just want to note right now <laughs> this is Naomi working her magic right now oh no because you're gonna... you you take the words and you you work and this is probably why writing is is so key for for you and why you would recommend it probably for others doing it in depth you take the words and you say to me Susan don't, those are not the words that you should be using if you're going to look at it that way. You need to retrain your brain to see this as this. How am I showing up for my business? How am I advocating for what I do? Yeah. You know, and that's where I think your tr- the training comes in. You're, you're literally training your mind to not think of yourself that way, not think of it that way. Yeah. As you try something new, you're reframing it exactly yeah i there's a there's a um a man called dr joe dispenza who i love everybody go and check him out i'll put some information in the show notes he is a master of that and i just i came across him on oprah and then started like devouring everything that he does and he says that like i'm completely gonna get the numbers wrong so just forgive me i'm plucking numbers from finna just as an example just say in a day we think 
20,000 thoughts. The majority of them day to day are exactly the same. Mm. How do we expect to be different if we think the same things? As we were saying with the whole Wayne diet, you've got to believe it to, to see it. So in order for us to manifest new things into our lives, it starts with thinking new thoughts and mm. conditioning our minds. So look at that simple example that you just had about, oh, I need to, what am I going to be hard on and what am I going to be soft on? When you frame it in that way, you will always get that internal resistance. Oh, I'm being hard. Right. But when you reframe or it I'm and you're like, to doing this yeah, today, I'm going to be You soft. change your thoughts yeah. and you're like, no. What do I need to do for me, Susan, to be the best version of myself so I can give that to my clients? Yeah. You're, it completely reframes the way that you think about it. And one of the things that I've learned by doing all of this kind of internal work is I always ask myself, not what my idol would do or someone that I really respect or none of that. I always say, what would the most evolved version of myself do right now? That's so funny because my boyfriend uses the word evolved. And, and you know, one time I said, oh, I love you. You're so, you're so mature. <laughs> and he said, you know, I don't think I want to be called mature. <laughs> and, you know, he said, and he works in publishing. So yeah. he works with words all day long um, and is an amazing wordsmith. Um, and he said, I think I prefer to think of it as evolved. And it's, you just did the exact same thing. It's yeah. like, um, yeah, you really want to, it, it is, it's about your vision. And if you can't see it one way, that's the way that's going to be the best. Think of another word and see it that way instead. Yeah. You know, like, like we have all of this inner wisdom, but we just don't listen to it. So I think that's a really great trigger to be like, yes, what would the most evolved version of yourself do or say? So whenever I'm thinking big, big picture, for example, I'm like envisioning how I want my business to look like in the next five years. Right. I always ask myself, who does Naomi need to be in order to have that business? Yes. Because I'm not going to so have true. that that business of five years time being Naomi of 2018. Yeah. So I mean, who do I need to be in order to have that? So I... I practice thinking those thoughts. But how do you see her? Like, how do, you, how do you escape from what you are today and then visualize that other Naomi or that, new, or that grown Naomi? How do you do that? Again, it's about cultivating that definition of success um, and being able to have that big picture lens and say, okay... It's okay that I'm not up there right now, but what would, how would, if a, a, my, a more rich life for me means spending more time with my family, mm -hmm. what would my business need to look like in order for yes. me to do that? So, okay, if I want to have, start thinking about a family in the next three to four years, what would my business need to look like for me to be the type of mother that I want to be and mm. how much time I want to have with my child? And then you work back. So I think it's really important to be crystal clear about what your vision is because right. that ends up dictating everything. So yeah, I'm always looking, yeah, who do I need to be? Um, so 
and it just peters into my business. So, okay, for my business to be there, I need to be cultivating this skill. Yeah. You know, I want to impact more people. So, yes, I, I like interviewing other people, but maybe actually, yes, in order for me to impact more people, maybe I need to share more. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to be a bit more vulnerable. So it ends up yeah. triggering these things. So you start thinking different thoughts we forget that we are the thinkers of our thoughts yeah that's true and and that's what meditation does is that you can you you tap into a level of consciousness so you are actually observing your thoughts if you're negative you are choosing to be negative that is completely on you yeah it's true and it doesn't mean going from negative to oh everything's amazing sometimes it's about like up leveling your vibration so right now you may be negative what's a lesser how can you take your vibration up a notch yeah and again it's about tapping into what feels in alignment for you so that you can go up that emotional scale it's not like zero to a hundred say a few uh, meditation affirmations and that's it it's true but it's like yeah what are the things that i can proactively do to increase my vibrational state so there are times when I'm like oh my god you know we're working on this thing and it's like super stressful but then I'll think what are the things that I do that can increase my vibration right now right um so again thinking new thoughts not just replaying that same this is shit this is shit this is shit yeah I'm saying I'm being intentional with the things that I'm thinking yeah I mean for me it's for me it's that's kind of got an interesting edge just because I suffer from like chronic depression and when I say depression I mean it's it's crazy serious I know people don't think I do but I do um so it's very difficult when I hear someone say like oh you know it's really you're under your power to feel better and then I immediately am like yeah you're probably not depressed because when you're depressed the scary thing is like you really don't feel that you have it is you are so bereft I mean you're just almost unable to see a way out it's very hard and it always overwhelms me like every time it happens I think god I can't believe this has happened again I felt like this was never gonna happen again and how the hell did I get here this is this is insane but what helps me with that and I've learned over many years thank god I survived Um, the one thing I think, and it's just the tiniest little shift, is I've learned to think, okay, this is not permanent. This will change. Everything changes. And this will also change. It's a season, yeah. Yeah. And, but I've also, um, but I've also been able to, um, to say, yeah, it's a season. And this, I... It's like a cloud passing in front of the sun. That's how I visualize it. But then there are times where like, at that point, I just say, okay, you are, you're not feeling very well right now. You need to ease up. You need to stop pushing. And I just stop. Like, I don't feel, I don't do anything. In order to make sure that the boat is gonna right itself. I have to just completely stop. So there are like different, I'm only saying this just for the benefit of if anyone else is out there who does suffer from deep feelings where it's it's a little harder to kind of push yourself out of it. I'm only saying this just to acknowledge that, you know, there are times when 
you know, it's almost like if you broke your leg, you're not going to go out and run on it. You've got to sit there for a while Completely. while the bones I think, mend, I you think, know? I think it's like we use the word suffer from anxiety. There's yes. anxiety and there's anxiety. So right. I'm definitely not talking about those scenarios. Yeah. I'm talking about day-to-day yeah. examples. And I, I give you another example to kind of explain my point. Look at our pasts. You have um, lots of people who would say, oh my God, but I tried this in my business in the past and, it, and it, it didn't work. So they now stop their business or they are paralyzed and are not willing to take that next step. Our pasts only exist in our minds. It's true. All we have is now. So you, all you're doing is just replaying, replaying, replaying in your mind and you're conditioning your mind yeah. to be in that place. Not, yeah. So I can either choose to focus on that or I can have a different thought. So yes. it's, the, it's the power of our minds in, and being intentional with those sorts of things and you know, just riffing off that, focusing more on processes rather than outcomes. I think that's been the biggest thing that I've learned when it comes to to um to mindset is that I am now just I, I see my business as just me being super curious I'm oh like, my gosh I see mine in the same yeah way. I'm like can you imagine if we <laughs> yeah can you imagine if, if we tried that or we tested that you know that yeah, thing yeah, and you know sometimes funny. it works sometimes it doesn't yeah but when it doesn't I feel exactly the same way when it does because I'm like okay tell me why yeah. so if we've done a program and people haven't, um, someone hasn't signed up, for example, I will ask, like, tell me, what was it, what could we have done? What were your reservations, like, what was holding you back? Right, don't take it as a verdict on yourself. Exactly, and completely exactly. shut yourself down. And instead, down. like, yeah. I'm like, people pay for um, those focus groups to get that yeah. kind of information. <laughs> like, just ask, what well, we're yeah. so afraid, like, oh my God, they rejected me. But there's so much goodness in that. Yeah. You know, you can use that the next time you launch in your communication. You can add those reservations and answer those yeah. in the way that you communicate with your potential clients. Yeah. So I see it more as like curiosity, like how, yes. how first of all, let's listen to our, all my customers, clients, whatever, and see what they're doing. And then enjoying the process of rising to the occasion of doing that because you know, sometimes and we were talking about this before we came on air. When you do that, you can look back. You know, some I look at where I was even a year ago when I made that transition, and I'm like, bloody hell! Like I'm proud of the woman that I'm stepping into. Yeah. But it's only when you give yourself that stretch, enjoy the process, yeah, and your whole don't go into a mindset where your whole identity is wrapped into whether this works or it doesn't. It's true, and and also I find just like in terms of my own business, you know, everything was going along really well. Like I was really happy, like feeling really, really great. And then I hit this point where it was like, okay, I have this bigger studio now, it's gonna be more expensive. I have not come out with new designs in a long time because I'm perfectionist. I, and I haven't had time because I've been busy doing other things and a thousand other stupid reasons. Um, it is time for me to sit down and create new work. Oh boy. And then I began to create new work and none of it was what I needed it to be. I was not producing. And this terror set in. 
and it really gripped me for like a few months and I'm like laboring to create new work you know I finally have them like after months but it took so much longer than it should have because it was a very important pivotal pivotal moment for me to hit to create the right new work at the right time so I was thinking wow this is really scary this is your your biggest fear has happened in that your creative well has dried up well, finally, I made those new designs and I overcame it. I haven't even started selling them yet. Like, they're not even here. And I feel amazing. I'm like, oh my God, I conquered my fear. Yeah. And now I'm on this new plateau. Yeah. And I don't ever think I've felt this creative before. I have so many new ideas. And I, and I have new designs in the pipeline. So yeah. it's like, the, the challenge really helped me to see a plateau that I didn't even know existed. And I've been creative for a long time in many different ways, but I'm on a whole new plateau now. I can see, it's like, I can see vistas I've never even seen, but none of that would have happened if I hadn't gone through just the biggest doubt, really like primal creative doubt that I could have put myself in. And it was really my own fault that I ended up there, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, yeah, like pushing yourself and trying to, trying when, you, when, you're, when you're going through it to say, okay, when I get out of this, like I'm gonna sit and think back on it and, and really be amazed that I, that, I, that I am in a new place. I'm not just gonna go, go, go. I'm exactly. gonna stop and, and look around. And it's a perfect kind of coming full circle that, like we were saying in the beginning, when you know those things that help put you in alignment, you find that you do, it's easier for you to tap into that alignment. So you don't have as many times where you're struggling to push through. Yeah. Because you begin to have this incredible arsenal to get into that state. Yes, yeah, like you could build a visual, you could have your visuals that you wanna look at, like you could, I mean, for me, I do collect, because I'm a visual person, I collect a lot of imagery, and I keep it discarded, whatever, I use Pinterest for that. Yeah. And I literally look at it on a private Pinterest board, and that's my board. If I don't see myself in those, if I don't see that I'm building that, like, I need to go back and make adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> But, and then it, it's actually really, it's not selfish at all. You have your one life. It belongs to you. So yeah, if you need to like be a little selfish and like tweak those dials and spend time, you know, getting it right, then yeah, do it. You know, who else is going to, who else is going to go into your life That is do that? That is such a great place <laughs> to wrap up. Susan, this has been so fun. Oh my gosh, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. I, I hope everybody like got a chance to get some of those good Naomi moments. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much for, for doing this. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Reddit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up.